Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hello, Transformers and everyone watching. Welcome to Transform Church Live. We're so excited that you are here with us. And we are in our final episode of Being Positive. I hope that this series has been an encouragement to you and your family, that you've had some great takeaways from this series that has left you feeling encouraged and positive about your future. You know, having a great outlook on life is going to keep us on the right track to have a great future. And so maintaining a great positive attitude is definitely a key component in having and maintaining that good perspective. And so we are in our final episode of Being Positive, and the message today is going to be entitled Optimistic About Optimism. And it's a great ingredient to have in your life, a bit of optimism, because it's going to actually set you up for a great future. And so looking into this thing, this season that we're in right now, living in uncertain times put a lot of anxiety into our lives about our future. And when you look around at some of the decisions being made, especially by those in leadership in our government and other areas, it doesn't always leave us with a, a future that looks positive or has a, a great perspective of life. You know, And some of the decisions they make actually affects how we live and how our future is going to turn out. And sometimes that future doesn't seem to be all too bright, especially in this season. You know, and when you look around at what's happening around you, you look at the economy. It doesn't look like the economy is having a good turn. It looks like the economy is doomed. You know, families seem to be falling apart. There's a lot of violence that has come out of this. Physical and domestic violence has occurred in various households. You look at our mental health in, in different areas of our lives. You know, that's taking a toll because we don't have the same social interactions that we had before, and so that's taking a toll on the way that our mental faculties are actually being processed. Our school systems are under pressure from you know, online learning and kids are not as engaged as they were and they don't have that interaction they had before. You know, As churches, we're not able to meet and gather together as we normally do. It looks like this pandemic is just going on and on. It doesn't seem to be an end in sight. And the politicians that are managing this crisis don't often make the best decisions, especially for those involved. And it looks like everything in our life is just going to hell in a handbasket really fast. It looks like there's nothing to be positive about. But today I want to leave you with something amazing about optimism. Optimism is such an important thing to have. It's not being ignorant of what's happening around us, but it's actually choosing to have a great perspective. And I want to bring into this discussion this morning the experience of two birds. And those two birds are vultures and hummingbirds. You know, they both belong to the bird species, but they have such a different outlook on life. The hummingbird is so industrious, you know, it takes mind of its surroundings, it takes mind of its future, it works constantly, it goes from flower to flower, from point to point, and tries to produce something that will bring it success in life. While a vulture doesn't have the same perspective, a vulture just sits on the sidelines and waits and, you know, observes the surrounding and waits for things to die 
before it can come in. And so often in life, sometimes I think there's two types of people. People who just want to sit on the sidelines and observe what's happening and don't have any influence on what's happening around them and just wait for things to die before they can make a a move. Or we can be hummingbirds that actually plan and prepare a great future for us. And we get to decide. We don't have to sit on the sidelines. We don't have to watch. We don't have to watch society decay. We don't have to watch our economy go down. We can make choices that will help set us up for a better future. And one of the most interesting verses come from Proverbs, and this is what it says in Proverbs eleven twenty seven. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, evil will in fact find you. Now, that's a great reason to be optimistic. You know, what do you look for in life? Do you look for good things? What's happening around you? Look for the good in things or do you look for the bad in situations? Do you look at at the evil in the things that are going on around you? You know, if you're looking for evil, it's there to be found. There's a lot of stuff that happens in our world that we don't necessarily agree with or want in our world. And so we actually can find it if we look for it. But we also have so much good in our world and we have an opportunity to look at those things as well and weigh in balance and choose what we want to focus on. Choose how you want your life to go. You know, David had such an amazing perspective. You can look at the Psalms where David pours out of his heart, his heart, so many different things that he's going through. And, you know, one of the most famous Psalms is Psalm 23. And David talks about being this amazing shepherd, but he doesn't shy away from going through difficult seasons. In fact, he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and he's going through this deep valley, but he has such a positive outlook because he says, surely God is with me. Even in the dark times, even in the difficult seasons, even in the trying times of my life, I'm not abandoned. I'm not left alone. God is there with me. You know, when he gets through or past this valley, he says, God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, I can sit there and relax. And then he says, my cup overflows because God is pouring things into my life. It's so much that I can't even contain the goodness of what God is pouring out in my life. And so he could have had a perspective of focusing on the dark times, the death valley, so to speak. But he looked forward into the positive things that God had. He had an optimistic view of life. You know, the optimist says in that same thing where it says, you know, my cup is running, running over. The optimist says, God is blessing me. I'm enjoying this blessing. But the pessimist says, my cup is running over. Oh, look, there's a mess. I'm going to have to clean this up. You know, we have different types of people in our life. And some of you might have had people that have a very pessimistic view of life. I know in my life, I've had a few people that in my life that have had a very negative view of their perspective of life. You know, everything is bad. There's nothing good in their life. You know, they always have a negative point of view when it comes to everything. It could be a great day. The sun is shining and be like, you know, it's just too bright. It's too hot. And then the next day, it could be raining and be like, you know, it's great to enjoy a blessing of rain. It's going to help, you know, with the plants and all these things. Be like, no, it's just too wet. You know, they could have had a great job, and they're like, you know, this job is horrible. They could have got paid, and they said, you know, I should have got more. They could go to a fancy restaurant and have great food. They're like, this food is not good at all. They always have such a negative, pessimistic view 
on life. And you know what pessimistic people have? They have something that drains your energy. When you hang around with people that have negative views and pessimistic attitudes, you feel like you come out of this conversation or this relationship or that time together feeling completely drained. Your energy is just dissipated. But when you hang out with a positive person that's full of energy, they just radiate this great feeling and you want to spend time with them because they're just giving you a dose of positivity, infusing you with enthusiasm. And so you want to hang around with people that have a great positive view on life. And you shy away from people that are very pessimistic and they have such a negative view on life because negative people drain energy while positive people give out or radiate energy and people are drawn to them. The optimistic, when they get up every morning, they say, oh God, it's a morning, I'm so grateful. While the pessimistic says, oh God, it's morning, another day. You know, they have this, they're facing the same day, the same challenges, but their outlook on life is completely different. And so today I want to encourage us to be optimistic, not to be naive about the situation that's around us, not to be ignorant. That's not what I'm asking you to do. In fact, you will look around at what's happening around you. You don't have to ignore the situation that you're in. But I'm asking us to have a perspective that's optimistic based on what God does for us, where God is in our life. So I'm asking you to be optimistic about the future that God has prepared for you because God has indeed prepared a great future for you and for me. And so I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. I'm optimistic based on what God says. And that's the perspective that I have. It's not about how I feel in my present time, but it's about what I rest upon. And that is what God says about my world, about me and my future. And so today I want to share with you five reasons to be optimistic that come from Romans chapter number eight. Five reasons to be really optimistic that come from God's word. And so here's number one. My future victory is greater than my present pain. My future victory is greater than my present pain. And this comes to us from Romans 8 verse 18 and this is what it says I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us and this of course is Paul writing now if you understand anything about Paul the great apostle Paul came from this place where you know he was elite and he was part of the high apple echelon of the Jewish system but he threw that away, he put it all aside when he came to the knowledge of Christ. But that things didn't go easy for Paul. In fact, Paul went through a difficult time in his life. You know, everything went smoothly. Paul was shipwrecked. He almost died of starvation. He got bitten by a viper. He was stoned. He was left for dead. He was harassed, you know. He was almost taken captive so many different times. He was beaten. Yet Paul had this great positive view or optimistic view about his future. Why, you ask? Because he knew God was for him and God was orchestrating a greater future for him that was better than his present situation. You know, our future is going to be better 
than our past because God, who is able to move into our future, has already prepared a better place for us. And so Paul knew that this season that he went through was temporary. In fact, Paul went on to speak to thousands and thousands of people about the hope that exists in Jesus Christ. And thousands of people, and by instance, millions of people have come to know the hope that is in Jesus Christ because of this one man, Paul. He did not give up when things got difficult. He had a long view of life, a positive view of life, and a great future view of life. And he was optimistic because he rested on the assurance that God was with him, but even more so that God was already in his future preparing a great place for him. James, of course, you know, the brother of Jesus, he takes on this thing, this thought as well. And he says this, you know, I consider it pure joy when I go through different trials or difficult seasons of my life. You know, it's a testing of this trial that actually produces perseverance, James says. It makes me mature. It brings me to this place of complete understanding. So therefore, I don't have to lack anything because I actually get to this place of maturity where I am able to know that God is for me. And so nothing that we go through presently can compare with what God has for us in our future. And that's an encouraging thought. That's a positive thought. That's an optimistic view because no matter what I go through now, I know that God has prepared a great future for me. And I'm saying that to you as well. Be optimistic because God has prepared a better future for you. Your victory is going to be greater than your present pain. And so number two, number two thought is this. My mind is filled with the peace of God. And this comes to us from Romans chapter 8 verse 6. And it says this, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. You know, Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And he promised us that he will give us a peace that passes all understanding. That means that we can comprehend what God has in store for us. It might not look like this peace all around us right now, but we have the assurance of peace. And why do we have peace? Because we have the Prince of Peace that is in our life. Every single Christ follower has Jesus in their heart and so therefore, they have the peace that comes with Jesus. And even though we might be going through turmoil on the outside, we have peace that passes all understanding on the inside because we have the Prince of Peace that rests in our heart. And we could be assured that God will help us navigate through difficult seasons because he provides us with peace. And therefore, things might be going on all around us, but we can rest in a place of safety and peace because my mind is filled with the peace of God, a peace that is beyond the world. The world can't provide us with this kind of peace. And when I mean the world, I mean everything that's going on around us. But a peace that comes from God passes all of that. So we don't have to turn on the news and be stressed with all the negative news that comes on. We don't have to be worried about all the situation because God is in the midst and his peace will help us be safe and secure in difficult times. And so number two, my mind is filled 
with the peace of God. And therefore, I can be optimistic about a great future. And so number three is this. If God is for me, who can be against me? What an amazing thought. It speaks to the depth and to the amazing security that God is for us. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nothing can be against us. And so this is what Paul says. You know, he went through the circumstance and he realized that even though he was alone, he was never actually alone because God was for him. And so he says this, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. And that's from Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Who can come against us when God is for us? You know, if you have a thousand people against you and you have you and God, you are in the majority because God is greater, more powerful, more mighty, and more of a safety than anything else. If God is for you, no one can be against you. He is the most supreme entity in the universe. He is greater than anything else in our world, in our cosmos, in the entire of creation. God is mightier and greater. You know, when someone criticizes you, when someone talks you down, when someone puts you down, understand this. They might be doing it out of their own insecurities, but you are not that person because God is with you. God is for you. What does it matter? Think about it this way. You know, if you ever went to school and you went to school at some point in your life and if you had an older brother and some of your kids in your class came and bullied you and then your older brother walked on and he's this big muscular guy that looks like, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime and he walks up behind you, they'll just run away because it doesn't matter. You know, you might not have the power to overcome them, but your brother, the one who is just muscle bound, is standing behind you. And so if he is for you, it doesn't matter if they say things about you because they're not going to be able to defeat you. It's not that you have the power, but your father, the God of the universe, has a power and he's standing for you. So if he is with you, it doesn't matter who's against you, you will come out victorious because nothing can stand against the God of the universe. And that's an important aspect to encourage you to be optimistic because no matter what you face in this world, in this life, in your workplace, at your school, in your surroundings, understand that God is for you and he will never be defeated. So therefore, if God is for me, who can be against me? And I can be encouraged in that thought knowing that my God is for me, that he is for you, he is for your family, he is for your future. And if he's for you, he will help navigate you into this great, amazing future that he has prepared for you. Our God has never been defeated. And if we are with him, we will never be defeated. And that again is an encouraging thought that we can rest in an optimistic view of life because God is for us, and therefore, who can be against us? Number four is this. God's Spirit helps me in weakness. God's Spirit helps me in weakness. And Paul writes this in verse 24. He says this, Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. When we are weak, 
we are strong because God, the great spirit, is able to help us. When we are down, he holds us up. When we are hurting, he becomes our comforter. When we are alone, he is our constant friend. When we are weak, we are strong. God is strong in our life. And therefore, we can have an optimistic view. Yes, I might have a bad day, but in this bad day, I can rely on God better. When I'm going through weak times, I can lean on him because he'll be my strength in weak situations. When I'm alone, I have no one to talk to. I can talk to him because he will always listen to me. He will always be there for me. When I feel you know, like I'm, I'm going through depression, he will be my comforter because he will encourage me and he lift my head. He's the uplifter of our heads. When we are cast down, God's able to lift us up. He holds us close. He doesn't leave us or abandon us. And we might have had friends in our life. We might have had family members. We might have even had parents in our life that have abandoned us. But the scriptures tell us that even when my father and my mother forsake me, my God will lift me up. So it doesn't matter where you go through life, you're never going to be alone because our God is there to comfort us, to strengthen us, and especially in our times of weaknesses, He does not abandon us. He helps us through. He lifts us up. He encourages us. He strengthens us. And so we can be comforted and encouraged in this amazing thing that my God helps us. God's Spirit helps me in my time of weakness. I don't have to struggle alone. I don't have to feel abandoned. I don't have to feel weak. God is there to encourage me and to lift me up. And so we come to our last one, number five. And it is this. Nothing, everyone say it with me together, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate you When you've been chosen by God, when you call him father and he calls you child, there's nothing in this world, in the future world, in this universe, no past thing, no present thing, nothing can separate you from God's amazing love. And this is exactly the thought that Paul communicates to us in verse number 38. This is such an amazing thing. I go to this so many times in my life when I feel discouraged because it uplifts me and encourages me. I want to read this to you. It says this, For I am convinced, Paul is not persuaded by anything else. He says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says, not your past, not your present, not even your future, no power, no you know, creature, no angelic being, no demon, nothing. And he says, even if anything is left out, he says, no any other thing in all creation can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. The best example of God's love is the sacrifice and the cross of Jesus Christ. He sacrificed his very son to show you and me of his extravagant love for us. And so he says, nothing, you've done nothing, nothing you've ever done, no matter how bad it is, no matter how 
difficult you think it is, no matter how horrible you think it is that you've done, that worst thing that you've ever done in your life, even that cannot separate you from God's love. Because as long as you come to Jesus, he will always love you. He will always accept you. He'll always embrace you. He'll always cover you. He will always wash you. Nothing you've ever done can separate you from the extravagant love of Jesus Christ. No matter where I go, my God is there with me. No matter what I do, His love is there constantly present in my life. No matter what happens to me in my past or in my future, in my present even, no matter what has happened to me, He is for me. He will always be in my corner. He is always there present in my life. And that is such an encouraging thing that I don't have to live based on my performance. I live based on my relationship. And my relationship with God is constant based on who He is and not on what I've done. And that is so important to understand. My relationship is based on God's love and not on what I perform. Because His love is the high standard that I can never hope to attain to if I'm based on performance. And if I have to perform and I have to do and I have to do certain things, I will never ever measure up. So therefore, I'll never be acceptable to God. That's not what it's based on at all. It's based on God's pure love for me, His child that He gave His life, that I might have a great relationship with Him. And that is something that is so encouraging as well. And so therefore, we're not resting on our feelings. We're not based on how we look at what's going on around us. We're resting and we're optimistic based on what God says about us. And this is what he says over and over again. My God is for me. God's spirit helps me in my weakness. God is always working everything out for good around me. My mind is filled with the peace of God. Nothing can separate me from God's love. And if I remember these things and I rest on these promises and I rehearse these thoughts in my spirit, I know I'm going to have a great positive outlook on life because I'm optimistic about my future because God has prepared a great thing for me. And so therefore, nothing can separate me. Nothing can you know, remove me from God's love. Nothing can have me cast away or abandoned because if God is for me, then I know that I'm safe and secure in my Savior's arms. And so that's why I'm encouraging you to remain optimistic. And so as we come to this conclusion of being positive, this amazing series that I hope has been an encouragement for you, I want you to really take a look at your outlook on life and start looking at it through the lens of what God says about you and what he says about your future. And when you do that, you're not going to be biased on what's happening around you. You're not going to base your future on the facts that are happening around you. You're going to base your future on the promises of what God says about you and your future. And so scripture says heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will always remain, which means I know that even everything else falls around me, his promise to me cannot fail because it's based on who he is and he 
cannot fail. And therefore, his word cannot fail. And therefore, his promises can't fail. And if I build my life on God's promises and not on everything else around me, I know that I'm going to have a great future. And you are going to have a great future. And therefore, I'm optimistic about optimism because I know I'm really, really in a place where God is taking me to a great future. So I want to encourage you. You want to know what your future holds? Ask God what he says about you. Want to have a little bit more positive attitudes in life? Read what the scripture says about us and where we go, and you will have that positive outlook. So let's continue to be positive in our life, in our season, to the various difficulties that we do go through. We're not immune from difficulties. We do face them. But in the midst of them, we have God's peace. We have God's love. We have God's encouragement. And we have God's promises that reassure us, no matter where we are, that he will help navigate us through to this future. And all we have to do is to lean a little bit more into him, lean a little bit more into his promises, rest on his words about us, and his assurance that we will never be forsaken, that he will always be with us and he will take us through to this amazing thing that we have. And we will have an amazing future, even beyond death, into the future that he has prepared for us. So let's pray and I'll have a final word for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. Lord, we thank you for the series that we've been able to go through about being positive because you want to have, have us have a positive outlook on life because you infuse us with your word and your promises and your encouragement and your life-giving energy that helps us build a life worth living, a life of abundance and joy. And we don't have to take our attitudes, our perspectives, and even the words of the people in the world around us when we can rest on your promises, your words, and the future that you have prepared for us. So I thank you for your great future. I thank you for your words of encouragement. I thank you for your promises that come out of Romans 8 as we talked about today. Continue to bless your people. Continue to bless your church. Continue to bless all of those watching, no matter where they're watching from, Bless them, encourage them, infuse them with a little bit more optimism about their future because you have gone before them and prepared a great future for them. So we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.